0: is the moment USC fans around the world have been waiting for it's time. Nate Diaz and Misha Tate have rear naked choked their way to history. Of course, we're going to talk about it, but there's so much going on, which means it's time for verbal tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage and i have someone on the line who's been way outside the cage for a little while back because he's back george's saint pierre gsp how are you doing sir I'm doing very well. It's good to be
1: back here, and I mean, uh, it is your honor to be talking to me, GSP, oh, again.
0: Absolutely, you sound laser focused. Normally, you're uh, you you were so jovial five years ago because uh. you know, competition had taken its turn.
1: Uh, I, I, I guess uh, you could say that, uh, Kevin Phillips, is easy for you to comment on other people's <laughs> lack of focus, mostly because you do not have some. <laughs>
2: Ooh, yeah. GSP
1: has not lost his touch. No, you still have not. with
0: a one-two punch. <laughs> You're the best. What has you coming back to mixed martial arts?
1: Well, you know, GSP has always been uh, the type that is uh, very uh, direct. Very and, direct. Yeah, have uh, a lot very of direct. to the point. Yeah. So uh, that is why uh, my return is uh, all ambiguous. <laughs> and I made sure I have no rationale for being <laughs> here. I could be coming to UFC 200, but I also I could not. I heard that.
0: UFC 200? Are you in shape?
1: Oh, GSP always in shape. Wow. You're, you know, a funny you story. You are better than I am. We always there used to joke a, about it. But... There was a video of me that was uh, released when uh, they were doing uh, the event. And uh, they point to me and they go, GSP, interview with this girl. And I go, I do not know this girl. But I will give her interview. And she asked me, she goes, oh, GSP, you are on the uh, the gymnastic. Uh, you don't have very many athletic capability. You are not known for that. But uh, are you good at that? And I was like, first of all, bitch, please. Uh, second of all, how dare you? And uh, third of all, GSP is always in shape. How dare you?
0: Those are the three absolutely correct answers. And uh, that was the end of the interview, and she's still pregnant. So who's athletic now, right? <laughs> Just GSP. That's what I am it's, saying. You get uh, within the, two feet, boom, little GSP's.
1: You know the best part about uh, GSP?
0: Uh, you're, oh, God, I don't even know. I can't even list your top five in well, order. The, uh, Fertility. best part looks. about when I
1: talk with her, I, I get her pregnant, but that kid know mine. Think about
0: that. wow. That is, okay. That is handy. That is an interesting. Well, GSP, we're excited to have you back. It's obviously great for ratings. It's great for you. It's great for everybody.
1: I would agree with that because uh, here's the thing. You guys have been missing me. You know, you have uh, UFC fall apart without me now. And uh, you have to make uh, Diaz brother show up. And uh, (laughs) that's how much you depend on. uh, Things
0: things have changed. The other people. I guess you get what you pay for. Yes, no? (laughs) Well, GSP, can't wait to have you back. Uh, quick, any idea who you might fight? You oh, yeah,
1: of course. Um, not that I would come back. That but is not a thing.
0: Yeah, you're not coming back.
1: But if I were maybe to come back, um, I would just fight. You know, I, The thing is I would not fight anybody because I'm not coming back. But I guess if I were to be coming back, yeah. uh, I don't know. It's just because okay. I'm not. <laughs>
0: so was a long way to go <laughs> Just, that's what but I, I miss about you
1: back. It's very difficult Keep to me... answer your question i do not, it, it, English to french uh kind of uh
0: translation I do not know what you're asking i know well g s p thanks for swinging by tonight you're as always you're you're the real m v p
1: no kidding. I look forward to maybe or maybe not coming back
0: they verbal tap fans here he's back uh GSP. maybe
1: don't know don't <laughs> say that i am coming back if you do not know that for sure
0: or 200 201 200 we don't know yet but gsp oh wow well raf i'm gonna bring you on ladies and gentlemen now joining me co-host raf esparza Raph, how are you doing this evening this is great. I can't believe you bumped me from the intro. You can, of course, believe I I immediately started. We hit, The light turned green, which meant record, and I immediately dumped him because I could see the GSP light flashing. I was like, he called in a half hour early. Don't care. Boom. It was gold. I, I hope so. I
1: just know that I always start the podcast with you.
0: Well, you know, I just thought.
1: Are you trying to replace me on this show?
0: With GSP? Yeah have been for years. He will Listen, not take any offer.
1: Let's be really clear. Our <laughs> dynamic works so well because we're two sides of the coin. But you bring two prima donnas on this
0: show. No one will get anything done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just be arguing about who's going to do the notes. The show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's me and JSB. Mm-hmm. He's sounds laser focused. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good time to uh, do we know who he might fight? I know that they've been throwing some names around. I, I'm excited about him coming back into 170, but that is a competitive division. Okay, so
1: you want to know what the rumor was? Yeah. The rumor was... Penn. That... <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> Somebody sent that to me as a series of jokes today, and I was like, don't even joke about that. I don't want to see it. Um, no, the joke was today that... Or I'm sorry, the joke was, I guess, three days ago that apparently GSP was going to come back, and if Conor McGregor won, he was going to challenge him at 170. Mm. Now, what do you think Dana said in response to that?
0: Oh, that's fucking crazy. Uh, I believe his exact words were,
1: no, I wasn't fucking what's going to happen. Next (laughs) question, which tells me, is it? I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's always... uh, And mind you... He didn't say it was the dumbest thing he's ever heard. Uh Uh-huh. So he probably has heard of it. But mind you,
1: you know, Dana was already in a weird situation for reasons we'll get to in a few minutes on the podcast. But a couple of his show ponies, uh, they've kind of fallen. And then you've got this whole like other situation where somebody has a title now that he definitely didn't want to give a title to because they were possibly going to retire. I mean, it gets messy. So. Maybe we're, we're foreshadowing a little bit here, but uh, for all those reasons and more, Dana was like the least bit uh, disengaged, one might say, to the point where mid-press conference – and I guess he's doing this now, but he just left mid-press conference and handed it over to Dave Schuller and was like, you do this fucking shit now. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, we'll see. Um, but it, it was a rough weekend
0: for Dana. I do, uh, I do love all the memes that have been like, "Have we seen Dana?" It's like him breathing in an oxygen mask. I think he's going to be fine. I love the idea of GSP coming back for a fight or two. I think it's time. I think he's always kind of been hinting that he wasn't really done. Which I is mean, nice. is it now or never? It has to I mean, be, be, right? I'm sure that Bellator can sign him for Bellator
1: 300.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not going to be against McGregor. <laughs> uh, I don't
1: say that. That could definitely happen. I would you watch know that fight. stranger things. I, why would isn't
0: happen? it Diaz what? versus GSP now? <laughs> why don't we just do seven letter fights? Diaz GSP. And mm-hmm. Then don't don't put another person on the card. Just put it in dark lights. It'll be sold out. Don't worry. Everybody's going to be there for that fight.
1: I just I feel we're at a point now where if GSP wants to come back, and that's not to say in 7 years we couldn't see him fighting somewhere still. Uh, I, I don't necessarily get that vibe off of him, but it's MMA. Stranger things happen. Yeah, no lie. You know, maybe that investment in a Popeye's restaurant that he really put <laughs> in just doesn't pay off for him. Who knows? It's, it's, a, it's a strange game. But what I will say for GSP is this. If we want to see him closer to where he's athletically strongest, now would be a good point to really kind of pull that ripcord because – ain't getting younger well ain't getting younger but one of his best appeals was that he was just so athletic and uh a spoiler alert for people who are young that doesn't last forever <laughs> that's
0: a, people are like no don't believe him he's wrong
1: <laughs> they just tune the podcast out now i can nah.
0: feel an old two minutes coming don't need to listen to that absolutely there <laughs> i have to put ben gay on everything I ordered knee pads. Things are falling apart. Ah, <laughs> uh, and we got Cruz versus Faber. We mm. got Weidman mm. versus Rockhold. Mm-hmm. Stoked about. They said UFC 200.
1: Uh, No. So uh, Rockhold versus Weidman, I believe, is actually UFC 199, as is Faber versus uh, Cruz. So we still really going into this. Now we're about three, four months out. We still have no idea what the fuck's happening at UFC 200. Now, Kev, I got to ask you this. Who would be fighting at UFC 200? Because let's start going through the math. Let's go through all the UFC champions. Who's going to be able and doesn't already
0: have a fight set up? It's almost got to be the ultra heavies, doesn't it? Like, not ultra, but it's got to be the heavies. It's got to be Velasquez. Well, Velasquez and
1: uh, I thought, isn't it Velasquez and Verdum at some point are set to go? I've got, uh,
0: no, I it? see Verdum. Verdum 198 versus, is Verdum versus yep. Miocic. Thank you.
1: That's the one. I was sorry. I was living in. Uh, 2015 still. And this one's one. <laughs> but think about that. <laughs> that you were living in a fight that was scheduled for
0: like a week ago.
1: Well, listen, uh, the, kane Velasquez has only fought like three people in the past decade, five years. Yeah. So it's excuse me on this, yes. but yes, that was supposed to be the last fight, and now we're getting to a point where okay, so that takes Verdum out, right? Yeah. Uh, you have your 145 champion who just experienced an interesting fight over the weekend. Who will likely be going down to this. He didn't seem to sustain any injuries. So maybe he's on the list. Uh, they probably are looking at what's Misha up to. Are they going to put Ronda Rousey and her at yeah. UFC 200? I don't know. But it would make the most sense. The only problem is, is Ronda Dunn No. Filming Roadhouse?
0: First of all, because, no one's ever done filming Roadhouse. <laughs> you film it, and then you keep thinking about the things you could have maybe done better in case you get a chance to do Roadhouse. And
1: maybe that's season. what gives her the ability to beat Misha and reclaim her title.
0: Yeah. I want to say I'm going to be pretty pro-Rousey post the Roadhouse days. I don't know I, how how high that ceiling goes, but I'm going to be up there.
1: I can't necessarily sign off on that yet because Roadhouse is a certified classic and... Rhonda's acting is, hmm, what's the best way to put this? Like, you know how the Razzies are the opposite of the Oscars? Yes. Kind of like that. Like, she's the probably lifetime recipient in waiting for bad acting. I think in mm, 2026. Let's put that out there.
0: She's uh, She's got time. It's like anything else. You just learn how to do it. Yeah, and so there's that. But it's it's mean, important I to note I don't know anything about acting.
1: No, no, no. You're very clueless about it.
0: I am stoked because we have some really good UFC events coming up, just as we're talking about it. It's like 197 has... Oh, it's got Jones' is back.
1: Oh, but guess what? That means that maybe they couldn't be available, right?
0: That's obviously... I don't think they're available for 200. I mean, though John Jones, if he doesn't take any damage, has been known to fight. Mm-hmm. And then
1: what does that mean? Maybe, let's see, if we're going down the line... It's uh you've got Verdumom, you've got uh, DC and John Jones unless they're just figuring that John Jones will beat the shit out of DC and sustain no injuries. Uh, then next size, what is it?
0: What is that one? I don't okay. think they count on John Jones like that anymore. <laughs> I mean maybe to win the fight, but who knows what happens on Sunday?
1: We go down and then we see, okay, middle weight. Uh, who holds that belt? Oh wait, they're fighting the month before yeah okay Uh, Uh, who could mighty mouse
0: johnson fight oh ufc 200 (laughs) (laughs) good one
1: (laughs) he does have a fight already put on his schedule as well but the next one down is robbie lawler and that opens up an interesting question kevin do they ride that wave of success and then is dos años Back and around, and do they have Connor fight him, or do they give Frankie Edgar, or do they yeah, give see, him Jose
0: Aldo? It's got to be Lawler, doesn't it? Lawler's <coughs> to fight at 200. I don't know. So,
1: these are questions that maybe, even though we can't answer right at this second,
0: Jedrzek. <laughs> oh, wait, she's got to fight, going. She just fought somebody <laughs> exactly. on the ultimate fighter. But
1: as you'll see, like every champion has kind of got their dance card punched right now. So, you know, i I think that's why that question of Where does uh, Nate stand right now, just after his great weekend? And we'll get to that in a second. But what do all those things mean? So we're in an interesting time right now.
0: Let's get to it right now, shall we? Ready to swing on over and talk some fights? Hey,
1: everybody. So it was a kind of... Interesting, wacky, wild series of things that happened this weekend. Uh, Kev, where was your mentality throughout the weekend? Like, I know you you came in excited.
0: And stoned. And I had to keep that type of intoxication up through the whole fight to, to stay in a place that could handle what happened.
1: Okay. Well, I'm glad that was the case. Uh, we, however, did play an installment of Over Under Kevin last week. So it's only fitting... That we would uh, bring back your competition. That would be one Nick Chewy Alvin from Derby City Mixed Martial Arts in Louisville, Kentucky. Nick, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, man. Excited. So, let me ask you this: Have you really bet on fights before?
2: Um, you know, back in the day, I actually we there was I don't know I can't remember what website it was, but I did. We we uh, every now and then we would put bets um, you know, on fights on these websites because the, the odds were so mismatched because didn't back in the day, this is like when, um, circa pride Zulu versus Fedor kind of stuff, you know, this time Fuck period, it's yes. so a long time ago. Right. <laughs> and nobody knew what the hell they were looking at. So like you would see these like fights where you're like, how is this guy an underdog? And you'd bet on him. It was uh it was a way to make a little bit of money when you're in college for a bit. Well, Chewy, I have to ask this because your gym always seems like they have so much
1: fun. Have you ever bet people at the gym based off of any kind of fight results?
2: Um, you mean like made bets with the guys at the gym? Mhm. No, I mean I every now and then um me and some of the guys will go to the like the local amateur fights which sometimes can be a real shit show and we uh <laughs> we'll like Sometimes just...
0: that's their allure yeah. now. It's great. <laughs> like the fence is like barely staying up. It's the best. Oh man.
2: Well, it, yeah, well, actually, Kentucky, there was that, that one fight where the guy fell out of the cage and both fighters yes. were knocked out. So we, we have that. Um, but <laughs> you we would have make that the- in
0: so much more
2: <laughs> go Kentucky <Be> um, <laughs> so we we'll make bets on the fighters as they come out and we'll just like you know alternate who gets to pick first but make bets on ridiculous reasons maybe the guys fight shorts or whatever
1: so. <laughs> that sounds about right now uh, having said all that and I, the reason why I asked that is did that change any of your viewing that happened over the weekend because when you're betting and you know that you're betting against somebody who's not good at betting Does that change the way you're looking at how those fights are coming
2: out? I mean, I was kind of, you know, I I was watching the fights a little bit more. um, I don't know what the word would be, but, um, you know, with a little bit more intent because I was excited about the fact of of maybe seeing Kevin have to do the Wookiee noises for 30 seconds. (laughs) So, you know, it changed things a bit.
1: There's a reason why only one of us does impressions on this
0: show. There are so many reasons that only. Raph is allowed to do impressions. Oh yeah, I'm. uh, I'm feeling less confident than I was because some of my surefire picks let me down. But I still overwhelmingly, uh, you know, we both chose Diaz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I think we walk away from this head held high, regardless.
1: And a lot of people may not have picked Diaz going into this fight. A lot of people, especially Vegas, they seem to be giving Conor the benefit of the doubt, but that seemed to be a big problem on Saturday. Chewy, where did it all go wrong for Conor McGregor
2: on Saturday? I mean, you know, the first thing is... Vegas lost their minds, right? Like you could have put Conor McGregor in there with a heavyweight, right? And they would have been like, well, you know, Conor's looked good his last couple of fights. So we, we think he's the favorite, right? Cade <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, Velasquez you know, is
0: slow and, uh, right, you know, right. speed beats power or whatever.
2: Right, whatever whatever crap you want to say, right? So, I mean, it, it was just a, a big hype train coming in. And, you know, I think that the big problem that uh, McGregor had, and obviously he acknowledged that was – you know, he's been blasting through, guys, the last couple of fights that he had in the uh, the 145, right? And you get in there, and you're up against an incredibly durable opponent with Nate Diaz. And he gets in there, and he's just trying to whack him and, you know, and really throw some power into it. And that—I I don't know if you guys noticed it. Like, that second round, yeah. there was a point where he took a deep breath. And, I mean, at that point, he hit, like, a wall or something. That was it. It was done. You know, after that, it was over.
0: When- Kevin— I was going to yeah. ask the big question. I want to mm. know when the last time that Chewy from Jiu Jitsu, a talented black belt, rolls with a lot of guys, was the last time you, sub- you were submitted by a
2: rear naked choke? In like competition or like real rolling or what?
0: Uh, you, if you got both on the catalog, I'd be very curious.
2: Well, I mean, I've probably been tapped out by like one of my newer white belts with the renegade choke to kind of show them the right way to do things or whatever. But yeah. as far yeah. as actually going right, really going, I, I really don't remember. Like, exactly. I have got know. Don't get me wrong. I'll get tapped out by other stuff. Right. Like, you know, I no no no. That's I'll,
0: not the question. You that but, was a very magnanimously political answer. But I'm proving a point here. Raph, that point is, as you're starting to see, counselor,
2: find your point. <laughs>
0: Sharp jiu-jitsu practitioners, like the people that are doing it every day, do not tap to rear naked chokes.
2: Very well, we don't easily. We, we don't let people take our back.
0: Yeah. I guess my problem is every effing time I'm on someone's back that's skilled in this particular area, even in jujitsu, I just can't get it. It just seems like the rear naked choke, I've made points about it being like tougher and tougher to get in modern jujitsu, and we saw.
1: Kevin, can you also take into consideration how terrible you are?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's why I asked him. (laughs) I use an expert witness here, and I agree I've got a little expository. But I like
1: that – no, because this is a two-parter, and I understand exactly what's going on. I'm sure that Kevin's getting the inside intel to be like, so Chewy, if you were to pick your weakest defense – should we yeah.
0: be rolling? Look, I want to have Kevin. him on every time someone gets tapped out. It's like, what would you say percentages here? Like, I'm pretty sure when Chewy said he's like, oh yeah, I get tapped out by other things. Kevin was like, really? Go
1: on. List them. What are those and, things? Uh, if you can do order? probability, that would be. So uh, the reason why I think Kevin is trying to allude to here is it is difficult to really, especially with high caliber individuals, uh, get a rear naked choke. I was at a viewing party. I was watch watching
0: with first. civilians, with uh, people who don't necessarily train. How do they feel about Nate's eye squirting blood onto the mat? <laughs> they were saying <laughs> that it was gross. That was, was the, gross. The, <laughs> I agree. The, the group.
1: And the hard part is I wanted to explain them. And I was like, I think the cut – and correct me if I'm wrong. It's either come from scar tissue or from like the gloves being shitty and basically just scratching at some point because I couldn't put a figure on it. And I think that Connor kept hitting it. So that's fine. But I was like, nah, Diaz is – Okay, it's just nobody likes blood, but look at him. He doesn't seem to really be caring because that first round and he said it later in the press uh, conference. He said, I basically gave Connor that first round to get my bearings. Sure. And he was saying because if he had had a training camp, he would have been a little bit different. But he's a slow starter. So he figured, all right. And it really didn't seem to hurt him because. I was looking at him and I thought, man, he really isn't defending any of these punches. And I thought, is this a psychological move? Kev, did you get that feeling as well where he just thought, all right, if I can take his best punches, it's done.
0: I just think Nate Diaz was super tired. and was like, someone's got to hit me in the face before I give a shit about what's going on here. It was a short camp. The motivation's a factor. I know I'm getting paid. And uh, I also, we've already touched on it, but. Nate Diaz isn't scared of a right hand to someone that size, like someone no. smaller than him. I think he was kind of just seeing what it was about. Chewy, do you ever do this with opponents you kind of know a little about their game? Where are you on this? What's his strategy?
2: You know, I mean, this isn't really anything new for Nate Diaz. I mean, you watch some of his fights and he has a tendency to get hit a lot. But you know, good luck putting the guy away, yeah. right?
0: He is hard so, to knock out. It's almost he's like just that was, dude. Conor McGregor looks so pissed after, just like you know, ah, fucking hit him really hard. Just but let's really be very, hard. very
1: honest. That first round when Connor looked like he was kind of bullying him around, it didn't look like the big concern that we had was is he going to lose his speed at 170. It looked like his output looked very similar. However, in the post presser for Connor, what he was saying was he had put so much energy into those shots, he wasn't being efficient. He must have said that word at least 9,000 times. I know. But he was saying that he didn't – he was putting so much in it, it just depleted all of his his resources. So he was just kind of like basically using everything he had in that first round, which is why in the second round when Diaz goes, "Okay, now I'm going to turn it on, it made for an interesting crisscross because there is a – definite moment a moment in that second round where we all just go oh uh-oh Diaz is gonna come alive right now and uh-oh. shit's about to get hectic people
0: yeah I thought it was gonna happen a, a round later than it did by the way I thought we were gonna get into the third it, it was surprising to me to see back to the point Joey made in, in that second round why was Connor McGregor so gassed out like for someone that's not walking around at two fifty, like for someone that didn't have to cut weight at all and maybe maybe he's a little better cutting weight, that seems bizarre. He didn't have to dehydrate. Why was he so tired?
2: but you know I think that you know I mean when's the last time any i don't I don't remember a fight where Connor McGregor like threw the kitchen sink at the guy right, and like everything in the kitchen sink, and then you know the guy came back at him and then he came back usually he's either you know, 100% offense. And if that doesn't work, typically he doesn't win the fight. Right. I yep. mean, so, I mean, I, 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 he can blame it on, you know, lack of efficiency or whatever, but I just don't think he has a tool bag to, um, to, you know, to, to, to go against that guy. And, and think about if you would have, would have, uh, would have against Dos años, how bad that fight would have been. I am. He would have got murdered. I mean, it would, he, it wouldn't have been close.
0: Would have been at 155.
2: Yeah. I mean, bit whatever weight you want to. I mean that would have been, he would have murdered. <laughs> that would you know,
0: Dosagius is the big loser now, right? Diaz is the big winner. Uh I don't think McGregor is the big loser in this because, you know, he went up to one seventy, his belt wasn't on the line. He's gonna be back. He's still charming and well, Dana's second but, favorite. Second now.
2: But, but now his his like in his aura, right, that aura that he had where he could just step up to weight classes and even though you have these guys that are established like badasses, right, like they're underdogs for whatever reason, that's gone, right? Now yeah, he has to go gone. back and like figure out like like is he going to just go back to his weight class? Is he going to try to jump around weight, uh, weights a little bit? You know, he's he's human now and it's a different fighter now because now people look – even though he was a different weight class, people are going to look at him completely differently. I hear you and I feel that that's more
1: of – I mean, the thing is this. I think you're saying two different things, Chewy. I think you as a martial artist recognize he had flaws and that there were things that were exposed about him. I think maybe what you're talking about on a larger scale is the public perception of him being that he seemed invincible. Because to us, we were like, no, get him on the ground and then let's see what's happened. Because that's what all three of us said. Mm -hmm. But I was telling people this at the viewing party I went to. I said, you know, the funny thing about shit talkers is – they may have a bruised ego, but they don't stop. Did Chael Sonnen ever really stop doing his nonsense when he was beaten? No, nah. and he got beat a lot. His shit talking was awesome. It. Exactly, and it's, it's another level. But, like you said, it seems like maybe from the public perception, they don't have that aura. You know, like right after Chael Sonnen lost after – Uh, losing to Anderson Silva, it seemed like, oh, man, he's got some big momentum. He really put on a good display here. He just had a big mistake in that last late part of that fifth round. Well, he lost again. People still would buy the pay-per-views. right? So what I told people is I said, don't think of it as the end of something. Think of it as the beginning of something new. Because he's so smart and I think he's good at spinning things, I look forward to seeing what that next iteration is for him because I think – it might be all the more interesting. What if you look at the Conor McGregor, the underdog strategy at some point? That's got to be a great story into itself too. The only difference is people don't forget things that get said on the internet or ever. <laughs> so I think that's the nice thing about us is we do keep people accountable. But you know what I mean? He was humble. He was very, very honest about uh, his performance. Uh, I really – I had to respect – what he was saying afterwards where he did say that he, he did lose. I don't yeah. know if you guys I enjoyed solace, that.
0: Though. I did enjoy his poise afterwards. Cause, and that's the most difficult time. And it was the first time I respected his real public speaking skills only in the sense sure. of he's talking shit against blue belts at best 90% of the time. And some of them don't even speak English. So, you know, enjoy the, the virage people, but him against Aldo is a different thing in the press. Cause one of them doesn't speak. Never mind. So, In this particular instance, he was saying everything sort of in a very, not the right way necessarily, just honest. Just, I got beat up. I went too hard. And there was interviews of him on his way to get a drink. You know, he seemed disappointed, but he was going to celebrate. He just made a million dollars doing what he loves to do. Uh, So he's okay. And I thought he did a good job tempering both messages and being respectful to the fact, like, I'm fine. Like, this sucks, but I'm fine, guys. Like... It's all just, it's a tough night for the ego, but that's not well, a tough sure. night for someone who's hungry.
1: What got replaced was him being like, I don't give a fuck about you or <sighs> any of that. It's just about the money. And that's it turned good. more into, uh, he used more of his efficiency and I, I just wasn't efficient. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'll be back, but only thing that hurts is me heart and... That was the the nice thing to see is there was a human element. Did you guys happen to see, and this was making the rounds today, the flinch that happened afterwards? Like when Connor first saw Nate Diaz entering the post-press conference. So basically, here's the the whole story behind that. Connor's sitting there. He got out there first, and he put on a great suit. He looked great after losing. So I, again, I have to hand it to him because I've seen – Fighters just phone it in once they come out and if they have to do the dog and pony show and talk to the media, they just kind of try to get through it. But he looked good and he was in good spirits and he answers everybody's uh, questions very thoroughly. But there was an angle on Connor and they they made a gif of it, of just his reaction. And just when he looks up and he sees Diaz is there and he does that thing like, oh, hey, are you – oh, should I say – I don't – okay, I'll just sit here. <laughs> okay. And it definitely looks like, oh, shit, this big guy beat the fuck out of me, and now I need to just chill after everything I've said about him. That's um, how
0: I would feel after a beating. <laughs> so I'd be like, okay, should I make a joke? No, we're, I'm just going to say it.
1: But here's the thing, and I do want to get – before we, we finish up this part of the fight, uh, Kev, did we have any intel on uh, that – I mean, I know we were saying we were going to book him again.
0: I've got Nate Diaz on. Yeah, okay. I I, he didn't. texted me beforehand, which I thought was bizarre, but I sent him a Denver care package. So you know. Oh, that's good. All right, gotta we'll keep put people him on. happy. Uh, let's bring him on, Chewy. This is always one of my favorite parts. Uh, we've got Nate Diaz on. Nate, congrats, Chad. Oh,
1: thanks, son. Yeah, no, I knew I was going to win. I told you, motherfucker.
0: That was. Did you know you were going to say? what you said when joe rogan told you or was that completely off the top of your head
1: listen win lose or draw i was gonna do that fucking speech it didn't matter if I, you know i mean like i mean even if i was like i showed up and it was a draw i was gonna be like you knew that was coming motherfuckers so you know i mean it was just good for everybody you know i
0: kind of do uh what do you credit with the win is this a jiu-jitsu is this a boxing everybody in the jiu-jitsu world's taking credit
1: yeah, they should, and I mean, the difference is it's like, okay, I want to say one thing in the jiu-jitsu community, which is, like, dogs, I fucking love you guys, but, like, you know, fucking, like pump the brakes, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, my you fucking jiu-jitsu fucking. was great, but, like, I don't see all y'all being, like, black belt level, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, you might have won, like, a local tournament, but, like, I beat someone who actually, like,
0: you know, does yeah. MMA for a living, it's, like, a little different, you know? Yeah, you can punch. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So... I'm I'm excited for you now. Are you going to be okay? You're not allowed to fight again until April. Yeah, what date? Uh I, well, okay, mm-hmm. Technic- the Nevada Athletic Commission has said you're not allowed to fight until 420.
1: No mm-hmm. worries, I'm already on it.
0: <laughs> okay, well that does I guess that makes you are you do you feel good?
1: Yeah, shit sure, dog. I mean, I've been high since the minute <laughs> I got out of the
0: octagon. They had
1: a blunt waiting for me, and I was like, "Oh." As shit. well they
0: should. You train hard, and there are very few physical ramifications.
1: Uh, hold up. You, uh, tall white guy. I'm going like, to tell you to shut up for a second. We have um,
0: Chewie, who's a real black belt. He's like,
2: yeah, dog. I know. I want to
1: talk black belt to black belt. Though. Chewy, you got any questions for me?
2: I'm just listening right now.
1: I mean, dog. Here's the thing. You Did respect? you when I was looking at it, and I got that like Grenache choke. What was like the first thing you saw, and like what'd you say to your, your crew? Are you hanging
2: out with Dana White afterwards.
1: <laughs> oh shit, man. <laughs>
2: He must be, like, furious at you, right? Oh,
1: yeah. That fucker didn't look me in the eye the whole time. I was like, Dana, look at me. I'm like, you know what I mean? It's like I went out to him thinking, like, you know, you're like my stepdad. I want you to love me, but why won't you love me kind of shit? You know, like he went out for some cigarettes and shit. Like, anyway, um, so I went up to Dana, and I was like, yo, dog, I did it. And he was like, you know, get the fuck out of my way. And I was like, okay.
0: Well, Nate. We appreciate you swinging you by. We know you're on your way to do the whole thing that Leo did with the models and the yacht, and you deserve it. No, no shit. You
1: know, somebody asked me what I'm going to do with the money, and you know what I said? Buy the Oakland A's? No, I'm going to buy a fucking yacht. You can look that shit up. It's on the internet, dog. You should. You deserve it.
0: Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, dude. Nate Diaz. Whatever,
1: homie. I'm out. Motherfucker. 209 Stockton. <laughs>
0: Uh we have the 209 light chewy obviously that we shine above the city when we need them. Um of it course. works pretty well. Raph, we we've got you queued back in. Thank you. Nate Diaz. Gracious in in winning. So let's just uh <laughs> let's all take a second to think about what we think is the craziest thing that's going to happen for Nate Diaz next. Uh I mean I'll tell from like this. a purchase perspective. Uh, Go ahead.
1: I- I was going to tell you the actual real thing that's happening to him. So because he did a solid here, they're actually looking to give him Robbie Lawler now. Chewy, somebody was trying to give me shit about this earlier, but I want to hear your opinions. How does he do against Robbie Lawler?
2: Man, I don't think he does well against Robbie Lawler. Uh-oh, why? Um, I mean, man, I, 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 Robbie Lawler is hard for me to bet against right now. And, you know, I, I don't know. I think that... Um, the only way he would beat Robbie Lawler is if he could manage to, you know, essentially do what he did to Connor, right? Like take take the damage, soak it up, and then, you know, somehow ooh, ooh. come back towards I, it. The I end.
0: don't advise that plan. I don't advise right. take then, the damage. You,
2: you're, talking a, you're talking about a guy that will cave your face in, right? So I just don't think that's uh, – I just don't think it'd be the best way to, to go about it. But, I, you know, he it would be competitive, but I don't think he would beat him.
0: Kevin? I think it is a very, let's temper expectations here and just remind ourselves that while Mr. Diaz and Mr. McGregor might have been walking around at 175, 180, Robbie Lawler's walking around at 215, 220. Let's just be a little careful here, gentlemen, because there are some people in the line, and I would rather see Nate Diaz fight Carlos Condit before he fights Lawler. Let's uh, keep things...
1: You want all the Diaz's to fight Carlos Condit? Is that what you want here? <laughs> a little bit.
0: I think I'll, Nate could. I'm surprised Nate's going up. I w- I'm. I thought Nate was going to go the other way. I thought he was going like, I'm ready to beat Dos Anjos. Like, give me that fight, which I thought would have been this, the mildly smarter move.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of people were talking about a rematch between those two, and I think that would be great. Um, here's why I'm interested in a Robbie Lawler fight with him. So you can say that for all of the things that make Robbie Lawler great, you can also say that over time, it's not exactly the best thing to bank on. For example, he's a brawler. He's taken a lot of injuries. He's basically been super tough in that cage. At some point, that does catch up with you. Sure. And I think that Robbie is a a much better fighter. But if you're Diaz, this is the time to try and fight him. He is at a great pinnacle in his career, and I still feel that the 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 leverage Money. is on Robbie Lawler's side, and the money's right. I mean Diaz won he made over five hundred thousand dollars this weekend. Dana White said, and it's being rumored that he may have actually made over two million entire purse considered with bonuses and whatnot. But Dana White was basically saying afterwards, "We may never see him again <laughs> so. If that is the case, maybe, but if he does what a get way that way to go. Cut, what a way to go. He changed the world, and that was it's something just, that we had talked about, which was what if he shook boat. it all up? And I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's an interesting quandary, but uh, I, I do feel that if he wants that shot, he should take it. He's earned it because he saved this pay-per-view.
0: I wholeheartedly agree, and I want to talk about who else saved this pay-per-view. Ooh, yes. Holly Holm and Misha Tate. yes. In a fight that I'm going to say it before we start. It's a comedy podcast. I cried a little bit when Misha Tate won the title. <laughs> she looked so happy. so of Joe and the emotions were running high. It was late. <laughs>
1: so you were happy. I mean, we were all happy here. We, uh, I, Having seen her fight at UFC, uh, I think it was like 162 against or 168 against uh, Ronda Rousey. That whole crowd was behind Misha Tate and she had a real underdog spirit to her. And to see her get so close to it and not actually finish it and not actually win the title and take Ronda into deeper waters than Ronda had ever been, you you really did start to feel for her. You started to get behind her and, and, and root for her. And then, you know, she got armbarred because Ronda gonna Ronda – but it was nice, and I think it was a great moment. Much of the same way we were happy for Holly Holm winning, I was very happy for Misha Tate to win this.
0: Chewy, you're a yeah. lifelong jiu-jitsu practitioner. How did it feel to see this fight ended in the fifth round? With a little good old-fashioned JJ.
2: Man, you know, I mean, well, obviously I I'd, I was pulling for Holm to win, but like you said, the, you know, there was an underdog spirit, so it's you know, you're still happy for Misha winning. Um ah, Man, I, I, we, we were like, when that happened, everybody that I was hanging out with that night, I mean, we rose to our feet and we're screaming and hollering and going crazy. Cause I mean, it was just a, it looked like she was going to lose it. You know what I yeah. mean? And then she just somehow stuck it out and to win it in the fifth round. Like that was just awesome.
0: And do we all have home winning before that. I yes. I had home way up in my scorecard. Well, no, don't go too up because Not way up, but the 10-8
1: round in the second. There was you a 10-8 round. Chewy, yeah. see, this is why I like talking with you because you know these things. This is usually stuff that like Kevin finds out no. during the oh, podcast.
0: Shut up. They would have never given. Hold on. The two of you That's and what your I was audacity. I, they, they don't I, do that. They always they will own, find a way to score it for the champ if it's close. And I don't know that the fight was close up until that point, but it was. Pretty close. That always goes to the champ.
1: So, Kev, there's this funny thing called a scorecard. As the fight's going on, they write them down. They release the scorecard, and there was a 10-8 round. And I believe, was it multiple judges, Chewie, that gave it to her as a 10-8 round?
2: Well, yeah, and that was the surprising part because I feel like most of the time the judges are, like, drunk or something because, yeah. <laughs> like, you never know which way they're going to judge. And one of my friends was saying, he's like, I-, I think that second round was a 10-8. And I was like, no, nah, they're never going to do a 10-8. It'll be a 10-9, you know. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, all three judges scored at 10-8. There you go. That is crazy.
1: I think the hardest part for me, and I, I
2: feel us as jujitsu guys
1: who you go through a lot of trial and error, when you saw her lose that rear naked choke, you thought that was it in the very uh, the second round. You thought oh, uh, sure. man that like how are you going to get that again,
0: you know? I, I do agree with you, but I also saw some really amateur defense.
1: Uh, not the first, I mean when she was at least trying to do the defense. I would say if you look at the difference between Holly Holm and Conor McGregor, well, one of the persons well, was fighting very I'll, difficult. Holly
0: wasn't quite get getting that. punished in the face. The way and I do wanna we talked about this before, I do wanna bring this up real quick. Did you see the knee Nate Diaz dropped across the sternum of <laughs> Connor McGregor? Chewy, did you see that in slow-mo? It was a nasty knee. Oh, it was brutal. So this is a BJJ thing. That's the most painful shit in the world. <laughs> he gave up his back because that is what Nate did on that ground pressure wise. Is like watching him get kneed in the stomach. Like that knee that crosses. Oh god, made my stomach hurt while it happened. <laughs> uh, Holly Holm was not getting quite as punished. Was my point. So that's yeah, why I thought. Also, I thought her defense thing. in the second round showed. Not. I, I thought she showed. That she was susceptible for submission, pretty, pretty. I, I was cleanly.
2: surprised she gave the back up again like that. You know, like, obviously, you don't want this girl in your back. She almost choked you out in the second. Like, why are you turning your back at the end of the fight when you, you might have this thing in the bag?
1: All right. Well, let's discuss this then, Kevin. In that first round, would you call that an exciting round in the first round? Cool. I, I was having fun watching the fight. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the first round, I would call that not their best round because. No, no, they're no. Both- no. No, no,
0: no. And busy, I, I apologize, to feel I mentioned each other the out. intoxication
1: levels. Okay, but see, here's the reason why it became more indicative as to, man, you really did think that she was losing it. Now, what you're saying is that if she had the opportunity, she probably would be in a good position. I think we all thought that. But here's the problem with that concept. If you look at that first round, Holly was keeping her distance really nice. Yeah. And at a lot of the points during the fight, She was fighting her way back into it more and more, and I kept saying, by the time we got into the third round, I said, you know, Misha, let her back into this. Now we're looking at a two—at the time, I had scored it uh, 2-1 at the end of the third because I said, Holly's back in this because you got to beat the champ to take the championship. I also agree.
0: I thought Holly started to really look good in that third and fourth. Yes. After coming back from a second where she spent, like, tired.
1: Yeah, but we get to that second and I mean it's not that Misha's doing anything necessarily terrible or super wrong. It's just a matter of okay, well, championship mentality says Holly's probably going to take it a little bit easier these next couple rounds. So maybe she's not going to engage where she's going to make that mistake to allow her back on her back. But Holly in the post presser was saying that, you know, she made some mistakes because she did want to try and get the finish. And that's admirable because I think you do kind of see that Fun um, especially once you get to the fifth round and things get a little bit more haywirey and it gets a little more reckless. But I'll say this. I thought that Holly, you know, she, she really toughed it out. And here's something that we need to bring up as a difference between the two. And Chewie, maybe you can answer this for us. Here's the reason why I bring this up. There were some people who were alluding to the fact that Holly Holm went out like a champion because she didn't tap. And Conor McGregor, at least in my viewing party and on the internet, was viewed as a bitch for tapping out. (laughs) So you're a jiu-jitsu guy. Is there something wrong with, I don't know, getting choked unconscious?
0: I mean, that's how you defend against it, right? You just wait until you get (laughs) submitted?
2: No. Same with Um, ours. I don't like waking up like having my buddies like smack me in the face and say, hey, man, what's up? Um I, I mean, if you're if you're caught, you're caught. I mean, if if you're stuck in there, you know you're done. Um, you know, I think both. And just sort of on a side note, this is kind of completely unrelated. I think both, you know, Connor and Holly did a hell of a job. You know, keep, you know as far as the way they lost and holding self with, um, you know, really really well compared to say the way Rhonda lost and the way how everything went down after that. You know, just thinking about the way that Holly lost and the way that she lost. Like, I mean, you know. Like I said, completely. It, I'm getting off topic, but basically, um, I don't think it really matters. You know, if you're caught in a choke, you're caught in a choke. I just thought it was really
1: weird
0: because I, I, I like you We've mentioned, I had them. well giant we'll, respect for both of them because I said them. the people saying tapping makes you weaker. We've been mocking them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, no, I, I think the the concept is this. You know, you have a lot of people who think that, uh, you know, that tapping is kind of a bitch move or something. And I find that that was with the the civilians I was with where they're just watching it and they go, well, Holly, she didn't tap. She went out like a warrior. And uh, Connor, I mean, he was a bitch because he just, you know, he he basically just gave up. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he had, a, he had a black belt on him. Have you guys ever had a black belt choking that you knee. <laughs> So anyway, I'm glad that you were able to clear this up. I didn't want it to just come from lower belt perspectives here. Maybe somebody who's been around for a little little bit
0: of credibility because, yeah, yeah, it was like I I agree with you. You, You're about to die. That's let's be clear about what's happening right now. They're cutting oxygen off to your brain. It's not a moment where you think, no, I'll tap. I I won't tap and my instructor will be impressed. That's not how it works. I don't think Holly knew she was about to get choked that much.
2: I agree. I, th- I think that Holly got caught when she tried to roll, and then it just sort of—it's one of those things where it snuck up on her. Yeah. A bit, and then you know, she rolled. She was out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, when she
1: rolled, I mean, that was—it was a pretty intense roll to you try have from to there. go
0: to Instagram and see what we posted. <laughs> you have to go. Everyone in the world needs to go to verbal tap on Instagram. Just check it out.
1: Uh. So here's what we should talk about right now. Uh, Ooh, so stamped ass. So what we should talk about is the fact that we put up a meme that said, y'all can keep your memes about Leo DiCaprio. This is the real never give up photo. And it's a picture of Misha Tate smiling with a giant grin on her face with a championship belt in front of her. And we had mentioned that we watched her for years work toward this goal. Yes, she was a strike force champion, but she made it very clear she wanted to become a UFC champion. Uh, Chewie, do you mind uh, responding to a couple of these uh, prompts that I saw online? Sure, why not? All right. The first one comes from some dude. Name, not important. It just said, uh, yeah, pretty sure the real never give up meme is Robbie Lawler, but okay.
2: (sighs) Fucking internet, right? Okay, okay. I I, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, like, you know, yeah, this next one.
1: All right. I'll go to Kevin on this one, actually. Uh, Kevin, this one says, your meme is bad and you should feel bad.
0: (laughs) Uh Yeah, I completely agree, and he should feel free to visit my personal website, www.gofuckyourself.org. Uh, coming
1: back to you, Chuan on this one, another person put, she'll never be the real t- champ until she can beat Ronda. And, of course, Ronda will now fight for the title since she doesn't have to fight home for sure.
2: Uh, I, hate, I hate the internet. I hate people.
1: I mean, this is another person who put, this is different. That was weak. Misha Tate will lose to Rousey again because Rousey has better ground game. And she would have, and he like abbreviated all this because word's hard. Uh, She would (laughs) have lost a home if she would have stood toe to toe with home. But she knew home would have
2: knocked her out. So she played smart? Like what the hell is that supposed to mean, right?
1: Well, I think what it means is if this writer would have had more time, they would have – had the opportunity to spell out more of what they were saying <laughs> and maybe would have come up with better analysis. Um I like this. Misha has worked hard, but she's a mediocre fighter
2: at best. So, I mean, she was the number two. Like, she was like the number two for forever. Like, wh- how is she mediocre? Some uh,
0: great. Uh, people are sleeping on the women's division right now. Here's
1: what the one that I about. wanted to respond to. There's right. like two more. Uh Kev, I want you to do this one. Uh, she said, but she sure did give up when they gave Holly the title shot and said she was retiring from the sport. Then once Ronda
0: lost, she unretired. A, not factually accurate, even okay. slightly. <laughs> That's uh, not true. Okay. So, you know, you're welcome to make up your own facts. You just can't expect the rest of us to abide by them. Mm-hmm. Uh, threatened to think about retiring from the UFC, not from mixed martial arts. You- Dipshit! Those aren't the fucking same.
1: Let me maybe explain why she would threaten to quit from the UFC. Oh, because she
0: was supposed to get a title, you jackass! That's how she it's was... called: posturing. And who fought first when it came time to find someone?
1: Here's the most important part about that aspect. It's usually a career kind of calculated move when you say you're going to retire. It's that way you have negotiating leverage when you have a contract. Ah, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. A contract. Is uh, when you agree to do a good or a service for somebody. And I'm getting too ahead of, of myself. Yeah, a like good it's... or a service <laughs> is usually uh, when somebody values your talent. So take all those things together and they must value her talent. And I think she was getting to a point where if they had lied about giving her a title shot, she was figuring, well, then I'll retire from here and probably go somewhere else. Or even if she was thinking about retiring, it's mostly to use it as a play
0: girl's to get got the Egyptians. So
1: I think we've answered that one. She
0: retired. No, she didn't. She threatened. Those are very different things That it was. (laughs) There's somebody
1: who put a great response that said she's still better than any reigning keyboard world champ anyway. Smiley face. There we go. Spot on. But let me tell you the one that really upset me, Kev. (laughs) This is the one that like, oh, man. Oh, I couldn't wait till we got back on the air to do this one. Okay. This one comes from some yahoo, and it says, "But she's younger. She's just twenty-nine years old. DiCaprio is forty-one, and he just reached glory after twenty-six years of hard work."
0: Hmm. Now, that, that person is wildly over over using the metaphor. Like uh, a metaphor is something you use to highlight as an example. Kevin, too far. What's an example? Uh, an example is when you try and show practical application through something that happened.
1: So, this is the second part of this conversation. It says, "Ll, but she couldn't beat the reigning champ. The only difference, Leo did everything and was phenomenal in every movie. Tate was, was never really phenomenal in pretty much since Force."
0: <laughs> so, this person's really in love with Leonardo DiCaprio and wanted yep. a platform in which to start expressing... So- I agree, but this is my favorite.
1: Here's the reason why I bring all this up. I need a moment to address these people in a way maybe they'll only understand or other people around them will help them to understand. (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio has not been good in every movie. Would you like to know what movies he's been terrible in? You know I do. The Quick and the Dead. He was terrible on Growing Pains. He was terrible in Roseanne. He was terrible in Romeo and Juliet. And if you're asking yourself, "Man, was he good in those movies?" You're probably just thinking of the fact that you were a teen girl with a teen bop poster of him somewhere.
0: He was not very poor guy. In Romeo I don't know and
1: Juliet. Chewy would have been a way better
0: choice. Just
1: from terrible like a, in Gangs he... in New York because, man, when you're acting next to Daniel Day Lewis, I'd guess I'd be scared too. Hey, I love uh, that movie. And <laughs> here's my biggest problem with uh, Leo DiCaprio: he's a pretty okay actor. Who's been great in movies like The Departed. And I thought he was actually pretty good in The Revenant. But, like, is he a Daniel Day-Lewis? Is he a Gary Oldman? Did we need to give him an Oscar? Like, were we losing as a society? Like, was he really upset
0: in his life? He spent time on a yacht with over 100 models. Exactly. <laughs> He's and he gotten got a, the praise he deserves and then some.
1: And he basically got an Oscar for going camping. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which, <laughs> again, while well, I respect it, you heard him. It was warm. It's not like it's that difficult when it's nice out.
1: So anyway, in response to those people, I'll put the main difference as this. Leonardo DiCaprio. I have necessarily nothing wrong with him, but I just love the fact that you have to use that to put down Misha Tate's accomplishments as well. Because we're having fun with Leo DiCaprio because he don't give a fuck. He forgot his Oscar. When he was at a party right after he got it engraved, he was too busy vaping, and he actually left it, and they had to come give it back to him. That's a true story. Been there. So all I'm saying is Misha wouldn't forget that title belt because she really wanted it, and she worked hard for it. And I think we're glad to see that she got it. Will she get beaten by Ronda Rousey?
0: Very well possible. We'll find out. But you know what, though?
1: For today, we celebrate, and we say, great job, Misha.
0: Yeah. Uh, And great job, who won Raf? let's okay. get to the business here okay
1: before i announce our winners um you had mentioned earlier kevin you were feeling a little bit nervous about how you did here
0: i mean a little bit Some okay let me down
1: okay chewy how about you i mean where are you right now i know kevin he just mentioned that we need to reveal a winner but like how do you feel mentally do you feel that you
2: crush kevin Mentally, I feel pretty confident. I mean, you know, I was wrong about Misha and Holly, but otherwise, I feel pretty confident.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Uh, Do you guys have any last
1: things that you'd like to say to each other, Kevin, to uh, Chewy?
0: Uh, Yeah. The South felt confident going into Gettysburg. So let's just all temper what that – no, that's not what I want to go with. No, I'm done.
1: History never been a strong suit for Kevin. (laughs) Chewy, what do you got for us? What would you like to say to Kevin before we reveal the result? Mm, I got nothing. Okay. Maybe you've got nothing, Chewy, because of how you performed. Oh, no. Maybe you got nothing because of the amount of picks you got right. Maybe, Chewy. You got nothing. Because you know deep down inside your jiu-jitsu is way better than Kevin's. And maybe, Chewy, it's for all those reasons and more you'll be relieved to know not only is your jiu-jitsu better than Kevin's, but so is your picking <laughs> of pay-per-view picks.
0: Uh, they should be weighted. It should be like the electoral college.
1: God, yeah. We're we're waiting for the superdelegates.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. Chewy, Can I hear a Wookiee call real quick, just to sort of see it, like see practice? Yes, please, Kevin. Do. (laughs) That was terrible. Wow, (laughs) it sounds like a Wookiee that's just been born. That's better though.
0: Yeah, it's. uh, uh, I have to study.
1: But that's like a Wookiee that just got like shot in the arm after being born.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was a (laughs) Wookiee while trying to get out of that body lock that (laughs) Diaz (laughs) had. So. Uh, here's the results you guys need to know.
1: It was very close.
0: Had to Uh, have been.
1: Yes. Chewie basically eked out the decision by getting seven correct picks, whereas Kevin got six. It was coming down to uh, the wire, because I was looking at this, and you guys went back and forth all night. Just basically, every fight seemed to get a little bit more intense. A real big breaker, I think, was once we got to Tate, and it looked like You know, I mean, once I saw that Tate had basically won the fight, I said, I think Kevin might tie him. But Kevin was still deficient by just one. It was seven to six in terms of correct picks. We both
0: chose Diaz like geniuses.
1: Well, I mean, Uh, we all did, and we all talked about the fact that Nisha Tate was going to do some really, really cool stuff. So credit to you, Kevin. You did have your best main event and co-main event performance in a long time. Thank you. Uh, but Chewy, what was the bet, just for people who are tuning into this one and
2: maybe didn't hear last week's? So the bet was if Kevin won that I would have to, you know, get choked out, but but demonstrate as if I was showing a move, you know, that was technically sound and that I would put myself into a crucifix and you know. I was really excited about it.
0: I got I got cocky about it and declared I won to the people I was with. <laughs> Did Damn you really? It. Maybe a little. Oh wow.
1: You had your own Dewey situation? (laughs) Wow! Wow. Speaking of history, uh, Chewy, so you were supposed to get crucifix, and I would have amended that and said you probably needed to get rear naked choked, but you didn't lose. I didn't. I won. So Kevin has to do something vaguely wookiee ish but again, for
2: those who don't know, what, what do you have to do, Kevin?
0: Don't I have to? I have to do a call.
2: Like you well, you have to, like, do, like, calls, or you have to do something for 30 seconds, like, intru- like, rookie you, calls, noises.
0: To chew Jitsu was how I interpreted it.
2: I mean, that's fine by me. You just got to make some weird noises for 30 <laughs> seconds. And you heard
0: my first attempt. Yeah, I mean, I'll do some studying. Yeah, yeah, it's maybe really
1: good. You, you didn't hear uh, the inflection in uh, Chewy's voice there, but I'll I'll interpret for you. It's... Yeah, dude, whatever. Just don't fucking associate
0: your shit with my brand. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your Wookiee dying. If of... you could just not put from Jiu Jitsu, that would be great too. It's fine. Oh, no, you,
2: you could definitely do that. I'll, we can like, uh, we can put that on like a video or somewhere on the website. You know, that That dying sort of <laughs> Wookie sound that you made earlier, that'd be perfect. I just love it. There's, love- there's,
0: there's gonna, gonna, gonna be a part of your
1: website that's just always gonna have that that you can hang over Kevin's head. Like I don't know that anybody else who has a part of their website dedicated to that, who's been on our show, internet history. They should. They should indeed. Well, Chewy, listen, dude, you're a blast. We love talking with you. Where can people find you?
2: And potentially,
1: maybe that video of Kevin's in the near future.
2: Well, you know the the there's a Facebook page. Uh, just put in jujitsu. It's all it's all over there. Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, whatever jujitsu, and then uh, the the blog is jujitsu.net dot because dot com was originally taken. It's
1: okay. They'll they'll find out they made a mistake. This dot net's got something to it.
0: And mm-hmm. if I just you know Chewy's a tall drink of water to look at. Trains all the time. <laughs> Like he's got that jujitsu swagger. People are gonna want to go check it out.
1: So and uh, Chewy, that's or... in uh, that's in Louisville. I have to ask you this too because I saw sure. you put this up, and we uh. wanted to make sure you're okay. Uh. But you said, "Well, I realized two things about myself when we recorded last week's podcast. What were the two things you discovered about yourself?"
2: Oh man, what did
1: I put? Um, that. Is it that you get defensive about something?
2: I get defensive about being a big guy.
1: Okay. (laughs) And?
2: And? That maybe you need to learn how to talk a little bit more trash? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right because we we got on here last time and you guys were talking trash the whole time and I couldn't keep up. I mean I still think that's a lie. I think you just take pity upon us
1: because – you know what I mean? Like you could snap our necks. Well, I felt Lake bad experience. because
2: you guys, you know, you guys had some witty trash talking going on. And then I felt like I was like the Boy Scout over here. I just couldn't keep up. <laughs> the Boy
0: Scout. But the Which thing is, would like, be a great uh, pro wrestling persona. The uh, Boy Scout?
2: I don't think so. I
0: don't think so either. Okay. Sounds a little sketch. I'll go back to the drawing board. I mean, Kev, I'm an
1: Eagle <laughs> Scout, but if I was a pro wrestler, I still wouldn't necessarily You're an have Eagle that Be Eagle Scout? Yeah, dude. So you
2: can like I you can like that. tie knots. And stuff, I
1: can right? tie knots. If I was put in the wilderness, I'd survive. You guys probably wouldn't. I mean, no. shit gets real, dude. Yeah. Kev, hold on. If we're talking about a real revenant situation, who between the two of us is going to survive?
0: Uh, let's not get crazy. You live in sunny Los Angeles.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I live in Denver. Drop like, me into- a
0: weekend into the mountains. You, you understand? You know, you're at elevation. You get the world. A weekend without Starbucks, and you all struggle.
1: First of all, <laughs> you lived in Kansas, so your education is already for naught. Second of all, you live a more diva life than anybody on this podcast.
0: That that might be factually. It's <laughs> definitely true.
1: Uh, here's the reason why Chewy, don't ignore us. We're, we do this all the time, with or without you. The reason why I bring this up is twofold. One, did we help you on the trash talking aspect?
2: I mean, you gave me some some things where I can definitely see where I can improve, but okay. Okay. it'll definitely take time.
1: I mean, that's the important thing. It's the important part about competition. You either win or you learn, right? Right. Okay. And I, and I learned. And number and you two, won, if we're all remembering
0: that. And- Jesus. <laughs> and number two. He's actually like he's having an Oprah moment over there. It's like, beat me. Like, that's, this isn't like a moral victory.
1: Well, this is the important part, you know. I just want him to know that we see his videos. If you guys haven't checked them out, it's not just big man jiu-jitsu. It's awesome jiu-jitsu, and it's applicable for everybody. Uh, granted, when you did pick up that giant set of weights, I was like, I don't know how much more trash I can talk to him
2: right now. Yeah. That was actually a bad day. I was oh, uh, get out of here! Yeah. It was, it was, it was a bad day. I, I, I wasn't pulling very well, and uh, I, uh, I, I got sick the next day. So I think, uh, <laughs> well, look out, maybe for
1: a video response to that sometime in the near hashtag future. sensitive big guys. But oh God, Kevin, come on, come <laughs> on! We're Here's we're signing him out seven. right now, and you can't even contain your He's, jealous guilt. He's just Kevin. a loser, and I'm a winner. He, he lost. That's <laughs> well, just how it is. <laughs> see now i feel like we've done them some good ladies and gentlemen chiu-jitsu nick albin from derby city martial arts thank you so much for stopping by my man thanks
0: for having me guys rafa Spurza, what a podcast mm. chiu-jitsu uh Sensitive about being a big guy, though, posts himself deadlifting thousands of pounds right after he does our podcast.
1: I mean, to be fair, we can't. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I was, uh, I don't remember. Uh, so, it I mean, it, <laughs> a statement made and understood. We've got it.
0: That's true. It was like, yeah, ugh, I'm going to keep uh, eating green. I don't want to go to that weight level. Well, whatever, uh, dude. I'm going to be super
1: fast.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that'll take care of it. Use my
1: cunning. I like that all three of us uh,
0: Mm. thought about the knee across the belly as like a oh, like it was good to hear a black like that was a brutal knee, dude. (laughs) Good, okay, good. Uh, Just give, uh, and that gives people that maybe don't know anything about jujitsu a little bit more nuance. None (laughs) of us were looking at his hands. That's not what uh, necessarily. Oh, man, Raph, what a s- that was a seriously great night of fights in the mm. sense of those top two fights uh, ended about as in stunning a fashion as any two I can remember back-to-back. Back.
1: I think a lot of people were saying it was the best combination of, you know, uh, co-main and main in a while. And, and I, again, I don't really speak in hyperbole. That's more of a Kevin thing. But, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. And I think... If you ordered it, I, I hope you feel fulfilled because there's a lot of drama. There was a lot of great action. And more importantly, the implications of these fights are so vast. And being able to kind of map those out and what that means is cool. And I think for the next couple months, we'll we'll probably be analyzing what this whole Nate Diaz thing even means.
0: 145-pound champ. <laughs> GTS.
1: did you see that he did claim himself as the one right.
0: of course he did he's that that's the funniest thing in the world anyone that beats conor mcgregor at 170 is good that's i mean like, to
1: be fair though kev if i beat you i definitely call myself it. the 235 champ and i think <laughs> that's just a nice thing to be able to say about yourself
0: uh, it's, it's uh people would be f- fearful of your accomplishment <laughs> it's time for some shout outs Raf. Mm. I have one that is jujitsu related. Ooh. Yeah. This is out to Jibera Jiu Jitsu. Matt Jubera of the Hibero Situ they're amazing, by the way. Mm. The whole school, but in this particular instance. They have a broomfield location. <laughs> Got back to some jujitsu. Did some training. Unbelievable fundamentals class. Terrifies me what uh fundamentals Oof. means now. And what it did when I started training jiu-jitsu, you get that moment where it's like, oh, my gosh, people are learning high-level shit. <laughs> you were supposed to keep this hidden. We also shared a couple of fun stories about because, you know, people that have been training forever, it's like, hey, they uh, didn't know what a purple belt looked like when they started training. It's like, what? we have never heard of them, <laughs> uh, which is a very different world than we live in now. It was amazing, Raph. I got to train some awesome people took a picture after posted i'm gonna i think i'm gonna get back into this jujitsu thing full time
1: Uh, have you thought about that though
0: i've been i have been i've weighed the pros and the cons okay it's a uh, real it's a commitment it It is equipment oh the gi Mm -hmm. everyone's warmer in a gi Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my over I got I was really tired he was like uh it's the elevation it's Like, yeah let's let's blame that <laughs> definitely the elevation he's like it's all we've got <laughs> like, we're let's... gonna see how long we milk that excuse Kev uh it, I, I've already been thinking about I was like what's the shelf life of <laughs> elevation Been back and forth to 11,000 feet pretty regularly uh, that's gonna do it for me Rafa Esparza
1: well, first of all, let's go ahead and start by shouting out the Yo! LA podcast. Yola! <laughs> uh, they were nice enough to bring me on and uh, talk. And if you guys don't know, you should definitely go listen to them. They're a brand new podcast and it is co-hosted by my best friend, Bobby, Bobby Boom. And uh, Bobby, dude, the thing about Bobby is Bobby's always been this guy who's talked sports with me. And we just have a natural ability to... Uh, always shoot the shit and pick up exactly where we leave off. And I've always said for years, I'm like, this guy's like, he's a sports writer. He's a columnist in disguise. He's a conversation starter. You can talk with him about the NFL. You can talk with him about hockey. Even if he doesn't like a sport, he'll talk with you about it. And, uh, you know, the the thing is he doesn't necessarily watch as much, uh, UFC and MMA as I do. But he was nice enough to extend an invitation to have me go and uh, record with him and his crew, and their podcast is good. Kev, they've got certain things figured out, and their like eighth episode that like we didn't figure out till like our fortieth. But not cool. Well, <laughs> go it's through
0: coo- the growing brain.
1: <laughs> But it was cool to sit down and listen to them uh, kind of in that great stage of of hearing the beginnings of something that you know is only going to continue to get better. So I'm proud of my best friend. He puts on a good show. Again, you can look it up on YouTube or I'm sorry on iTunes at Yo LA Sports. It is uh, a lot of fun. If you like what we do. It's all the same except uh, they talk about all of the sports instead of just uh, BJJ and MMA. So give them a look out. They're really nice and good people. So uh, let's see what else I was doing this week. I want to give a shout out to Austin Stack. So uh, Austin has famously come on this show and played a game of over under Kevin with Kevin. And uh, Austin is the uh, the sidekick to my talk show that I do. And uh, he's just – he's always a really, really fun time even though he's insane. Um, He definitely provides a great party atmosphere. And he was rooting for Conor McGregor and he was a little bummed. He was a little bummed bummed that Conor lost. Um, Like not quite Patriots losing to the Giants bummed but like (laughs) just short of that. So he was he was a little in a hard place, but he was so kind and him and his uh now fiance, uh, Gina couldn't have been nicer to us, and it was just good to watch a fight with them. They're they're always such nice people, and he's actually looking to maybe do a little bit of jujitsu or a little bit of boxing in MMA, so I'm hoping to help him out with that. And uh I'm just excited because he, he's good people. So my thanks to him for being a, a great, great host and uh, all the good people who I got to see there. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Breakdown Academy. Break it out. Uh, you know, John Evans always doing great classes, um, having a great stellar week there. I want to go ahead and specifically mention one, uh, Zach Lane, Zachary Sergeant Lane. Why? Well, he's he's getting better, dude. He's making great improvements it. on. Him. It's tough talk coming from somebody who's just getting back to training now.
0: <laughs> yes, it is tough talk. And uh, I'm just expressing mm-hmm. cautiousness why, in our Why are you expressing cautiousness? Because I've met Zach, and I just think we should all temper our our expectation that he's going to get better. I think he might just stay where he is. Interesting. What about Zach? Maybe makes you have that feeling. Personality, mm-hmm. attitude, mm-hmm. Uh, eyebrow configuration. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know Aren't
1: well. these all kind of the same criticisms we say <laughs> about you? Who's we? America. The people who listen to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, do you want me to go down the name of people who question and like send me texts and are like, "What's Kevin's deal?" And I'm like, "Jesus, don't even get me started." I don't know
0: what's Kevin's deal. Uh sorry. Go back to your shout out of Zach. I know. <laughs>
1: it's fine. Uh, Zach has been making great improvements Really really good stuff that he's doing over at Breakdown Academy so my thanks to him and John For being great training partners Uh, They just got back from having a good time Down in San Diego So my uh props and uh, Credit uh, to them I also want to go ahead and shout out Valley Martial Arts Center Valley Martial Arts Center Held its uh, It's not even like a annual It's like a biannual kind of a thing that we're doing now We're doing um our whiteout tournament, and it turned out great. We had a lot of people who came down, competed, um, good vibes, a lot of great competition. And I was seeing white belts do stuff that I was like, whoa, no, (laughs) no, you're very good and aggressive, and that's going to be hard to deal with in a month. So great stuff that we got to see there. Uh, I couldn't be happier for our gym. We had a lot of great jujitsu put on. We actually had some blue belt super fights featuring Octavio Villanova, we had uh, Carlitos Estrada and uh, we had Jeff Janey, and all of them did great for the school. So great stuff to work on. Everybody stayed late and went and uh, did an open mat right then after that. So really cool stuff. I like seeing the gym get excited. And uh, one last person that I have to shout out for that whole situation. Obviously, the whole school came together and did a great job. But we do have to give credit to one Pam Moye because – she made that tournament run super efficiently, and we started. I want to say somewhere at like maybe eleven, and I think we were done at one one thirty, which is damn awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, uh, no. Let's damn. say I think we started maybe about ten thirty, maybe somewhere in there. So like, it's nice to be able to to finish and then have all the guys stick around to do an open mat and get some good rolls in. And of the people who came down, I also want to shout out. Our good friend Mac Castillo and uh, Alex Perez over from Kings did some great work over there. And then I also want to shout out uh, Cameron. Uh, he's just getting back to training much like you, Kev. And uh, it was just cool to see somebody who much like you where they say, I haven't been training for like six months or something. And uh, getting back on the mats and I got to have a roll with him. And uh, he's so funny because he's just like, I don't remember what I'm supposed to do. And I was like, well, you should finish the sweep. And he's like, OK he just like does the sweep and I go see it comes back to me. And he goes I've been watching YouTube videos so uh, it's that kind of stuff that makes you happy when you see jiu-jitsu competitors who you know have to go through stuff come back to the mats so welcome back you guys and uh, we look forward to you guys being killers again so I think that'll do it for me
0: that's gonna do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap I'm Kevin thank you for listening good night and good fight I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine. I think I'm fine.